the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a very special guest on the DriveHubler.com hotline. The longtime and iconic voice of the Indiana Hoosiers is Don Fisher. Fish, before we get into the game this past weekend, you were honored, uh, I believe during the game on Saturday, 50 years behind the mic for the Hoosiers, my man. Congratulations. (laughs) Well, it just means you're old, guys. So, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I literally, I mean, the first thing I said to the crowd was, uh, you know, I laid in bed last night trying to think what I was going to say, and then I realized I've been doing this for a half a century. (laughs) you got to be kidding me. So at any rate, uh, yeah, it, it was really nice. It was a nice tribute and uh, had all the guys that I uh, have as color analysts on my broadcast, both football and basketball out there, with the exception of Pete Campisi, who was uh, in Florida on vacation. And uh, the other guy was uh, Royce Waltman, who was a terrific coach and obviously a former assistant to Coach Knight. He was our assistant or our color analyst for four years. Back in the uh, 2000s, the 2010 area, and just a great guy, but he passed away with bladder cancer. So, well, fish, anyway, everybody else was out there. Yeah, we're, and I'm personally just a big fan of yours. Uh, there's no way I could do in broadcasting what you do, and I'm sure it was awesome having the crowd uh, uh, cheer for you. And uh, we just we always uh, appreciate you making time for us here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. And then the game. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, by the way, there was a game on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot more important than my head. <laughs> yeah, Fish. It, was a, it was a special game. It really was. All right, settle an argument that I had with my old man this past weekend. We were talking about rowdy, raucous crowds at Assembly Hall. What had more juice in it? This past Saturday, where Purdue comes in as the number one team in America, I think for the first time to Assembly Hall as number one, or when Kentucky rolled in a few years back undefeated with the Watt shot. Which crowd had a little bit more juice to it? You're asking me to say something that I can't possibly imagine because both of those crowds were spectacular. And and honestly, we've had a lot of spectacular crowds over the years. It really kind of started back when I started in 73. I saw my first Purdue game was Indiana-Purdue in Assembly Hall. And Indiana won it on a last-second block by Steve Green on Mike Steele's shot. Uh, John Laskowski just hit two free throws to give Indiana the lead, and the students stormed the court that day. And everybody's going, <laughs> what? What? Students stormed the court? I mean, that should never happen in Indiana. We expect to win. Oh, no. They've been, doing, they've been charging the floor for a long time, trust me. And that's another aspect of the conversation that I'm seeing all over social media. You know, maybe it's Purdue fans who are a little bitter, but are you okay with the court storming? If you consider yourself a blue blood of the sport, are you good with the court storming? Well, I'm, I, I, I would prefer not to have it stormed, to be honest with you, but at the same time, I get it. These, these students, they're, they're enamored with their school, with their program, with their play, players, those kinds of things. I get it 100%. So I'm not going to sit here and badmouth a bunch of kids that run out there and want to enjoy the moment. And I think it's special in that regard, too. So <laughs> as much as an old curmudgeon that I am, <laughs> I will say that I don't have a big problem with it either way, to be honest. Iconic voice of the uh, Hoosiers, Don Fisher here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. So talk about the start of the game. IU started out very strong, didn't they? 
played the best first half defense I've seen him yeah. play all year long. It was spectacular. They did a great job of taking Purdue out of what they wanted to do offensively. Uh, and they did a great job at the offensive end, knocking in shots, uh, scoring 50 points in the first half. But the energy that they expounded in that first half, I think, took a little bit out of them. I think from an energy perspective, Indiana's defense wasn't as good in the second half, but it was still good enough. And they were you knew that Purdue was going to make a run. And they made adjustments at halftime. And Edie is so spectacularly good. Uh, you know, people sit here and talk about Zach Edie like, you know, uh, you know, he's not going to be in the NBA. Well, that's baloney. He's seven foot four, three hundred pounds. You can't move the guy, and he's got tremendous touch, and he's improved dramatically all three years he's been at Purdue, and he's playing tons of minutes this year, which people thought that can't happen because he's just too big to to have that kind of energy level, but. He's proving uh, everybody wrong, and he's got a tremendous touch. I have a lot of great respect for this kid, and he just plays. There's no showboating. There's none of that stuff. He just plays, and he is really, really good. Don, have you seen a player pick up a team like Trace Jackson Davis has done the last month and just carry them on his back? Have you seen anything like that during your time behind the mic? I'm not sure that I have. I, I mean, I've seen some great players at Indiana, but, you know, in the Bob Knight era, it was always role players and everybody playing their role. And it wasn't just one guy. And in this case, it's not just one guy, but he has taken that role on big time. There's no question in my mind that Trace is playing the best of his career. He is willing this team in some ball games to win. And I, I just, I'm proud of him. I'm proud of what he's been able to accomplish. And he's matured dramatically over his four years at Indiana. Uh, he's just a really great kid, number one. But number two, he's a heck of a basketball player. Talk about Coach Woodson for a second, what he's been able to accomplish with this team ever since taking over as, as head coach. Well, I mean, his second year now, he's got him in third place in the league. Of course, there are six teams tied for third place right now <laughs> in the Big Ten. But but honestly, I think he's doing a great job with this team. I mean, these kids have bought into what he's selling. They, they believe in what he's preaching out there, what he wants them to do. It's not always easy. It's, you know, execution's a critical thing, and you've got to be able to do it game in and game out. And some of these guys are pretty young, and they're learning. And look at the different guys he's, you know, kind of had in his the young guys that he has brought along this year. Caleb Banks, all of a sudden, in the last three games or so, has actually started to play some and getting opportunities and taking advantage of them. Uh, we saw that from Hood Shafino and Malik Renew early on. Renew kind of plateaued a little bit, where Hood Shafino has kind of been the guy since X has gone out of the ball game. But and so he's a very mature kid and and obviously a calm guy and a calm presence out there. And he's had his bad moments too. He didn't score hardly at all in the Maryland ball game that Indiana got beat to end their five game winning streak. But then he comes back and has a phenomenal game against Purdue on Saturday. So what what we're talking about here is development. Guys developing as the year goes on. And it's it's special to watch these guys and get uh, see them get better and then get their opportunity and take advantage of it. I want to talk about the upcoming Rutgers game here in just a moment. Before we get to there, uh, Fish, what's different now with this Indiana team that wasn't there a couple weeks ago when they lost at home to Northwestern, uh, blown out on the road at Penn State, blew a huge lead at Iowa? What's changed? 
Well, obviously, Race Thompson is back in the lineup because Race went out in that Iowa ball game just before halftime, and obviously that was the second starter that goes down, and you don't know when you're going to get the guy back. And I thought it took some steam out of this team psychologically. I really believe that. And then I, they also had, after they lost the third ball game, which was to uh, Penn State and got pounded by Penn State in that contest, they they came back and and uh, I, they had a team meeting. It was a players only meeting. I think Trace Jackson Davis called it. I might find that out more today if he was actually the guy that decided that was what was going to happen. But they had a team only meeting, a players only meeting, and all of a sudden, and of course, a bad, they really had a tough practice <laughs> leading up to the Wisconsin game. I guess maybe one of those three hour jobs that nobody wants to. Be participating in <laughs> so at any rate um and mike was pretty tough on him to say the least uh, leading into that contest well they, they all of a sudden they come out and they play with their hair on fire and and that's what we've been waiting to see on a consistent basis this year and for the most part since that ball game since that penn state ball game they have played the best defense that they've played throughout much of the season, and the offense has come around as well. And they're having more and more guys contribute now. Trace is obviously the key guy. He has took the, taken that team on his shoulders. But Tamar Bates has gotten better. Trey Galloway has been you know, terrific most of the year. And in the starter's role, he just has gotten better and better. And Hood Shafino, of course, is a freshman that you know we've talked about him all season, how good he is. But there are different people at almost every ball game that step up and give them some really positive minutes, and I think that's the key. So tomorrow, the Hoosiers back in action, Rutgers coming to Assembly Hall. Now, I don't know how much uh, you pay attention to this kind of stuff, but in the sports betting community, Don, we call this a trap game, where one <laughs> team's coming off of a big game, and lo and behold, there's a quick turnaround against somebody that's already beaten you before. Give us a little pre preview of what we can expect tomorrow well i think it's going to be a very tough ball game number one because i think rutgers might be as good a defensive basketball team as there is in the country not just the big 10 i'm telling you that these guys are really really good at the defensive end of the floor and they've had guys that have just taken advantage of IU in the past. Obviously, Ron Harper Jr. Um, and the Baker kid uh, a couple of years ago. And now they've got uh, Paul McKayhee playing tremendously well at the point guard position. Caleb McConnell is a defensive presence that nobody is able to deal with almost in any ball game. And they beat Michigan State at Madison Square Garden this past weekend. They are in second place by themselves right now in the conference, and they have six straight wins over Indiana and have won wow. eight of the last nine these two teams. Think about that for a while. So we're talking about a basketball team that Indiana has – or that uh, they've had Indiana's number, and Indiana I know is sick of it. Trace has never – beaten Rutgers in his four years at Indiana right now. Wow. And he wants it in the worst way. I know that. Unbelievable. Tip-off is at 6.30, pregame 5.30, right here in 93 WIBC. Again, Fish, congratulations. 50 years on the mic for the Hoosiers. Amazing. And we're looking forward to that call tomorrow night. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.